Roosevelt said. It is not the critic who counts. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, and who, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. In other words, you gotta take a shot. Welcome to Recipe for Growth. I'm Lauren Lebowitz. On the menu today, we're going to get real, raw, and break free from the lie we've been telling ourselves or the lie I've been telling myself. So today's episode is our final blueprint, our exit strategy. In other words, we're going to plan a goal to leave one place for another. However, some questions still remain. Join me, won't you? Our RFG newsletter, Ingredients for Living, is now available. Become a Recipe for Growth Insider and receive my favorite tasty recipes, RFG updates, new product promotions, and the ingredients for living your best life delivered right to your inbox. You'll find the link right in the show description. See you there. know how you feel, but I'm a perpetual work in progress. It seems I never really ever get finished with anything, really. Life here on earth is life school, so you're always kind of a work in progress, getting to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. Perhaps you're wondering, what are some conclusions that I came to as far as my own recipe for growth? What have I learned about myself through this process? Well, those are very good questions. And I have some questions for you as well. What are you willing to change? What are you willing to accept? And is there really an exit strategy, a plan to leave one stagnant place for a new horizon and to start a brand new beginning? Is that possible? I want you to sit with that thought for a minute while I tease you about the confection I'll be baking. It pairs perfectly with today's exit strategy theme. Wait for it. Yes, it's an English trifle. Oh my God, that is a throwback to an English trifle that my mother made. I'm not making the English trifle my mother made because that was really labor intensive, but this one is just as good. Not only is an English trifle beautiful to look at and delicious to the taste buds, but it it kind of has this celebratory and festive feel to it. I feel that this has been the culmination of a long growth period, both emotionally and personally for me, and perhaps for you as well. I decided that it's just to celebrate, not that I really need a reason to celebrate, because that's kind of the person I am. I love to celebrate, period. But why not? It's time to celebrate our courage, our voice, and our freedom. But before we get to all that good stuff, let's go back to our baking something a little celebratory. Ooh, can you smell that? Just out of the oven, the cake for the berry trifle. It's a paleo berry trifle. That's going to be pairing with our exit strategy. And it's the perfect confection for a celebration of discovery of you. Okay, I just had a childhood memory. 
What was it called when you did that hand game to decide who was going to go first in something? Oh, it was like rock, paper, scissors. You can tell that I'm kind of stalling for time because I decided that I'm going to go first. I'm volunteering myself. So here it goes. I'm going to get raw and real first, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. And here's what I've learned about myself from my own recipe for growth process. And it's still in process. It's just an ongoing exploration, discovery, revelation, you name it. I'm constantly learning about myself and also kind of beating myself up at the same time for repeating things that I thought I learned before but they come back in a different form. And so I guess I didn't learn it all the first time, but that's okay because everything is meant for me to learn and to grow and however long it takes is fine. I have to really stop being so hard on myself that being a woman of a certain age, I am supposed to be where I'm supposed to be in my life because of my age. And you know what? I am where I'm supposed to be in my life. That is the beauty of all of this. So what have I learned? I realized that I was raised in a culture that couldn't see my value. My voice was not recognized and I was rarely seen and heard. As I shared with you in an earlier episode, I experienced soul awakening, an inner tectonic shift, like this physical inner boom. That's what it felt like, this boom inside my body, a literal shift. You know, like like sometimes you get a chill and your body will do this little shiver inside. Take that feeling to the 10th degree. That's what I was experiencing. I happened to be listening to a talk that psychotherapist, writer, and soul activist Francis Weller gave recently called The Alchemy of Initiation. And he said that the soul is awake when outraged. And when I heard that, I thought, yes, yes, finally, somebody has put a a label, a name to what I was experiencing. And I said, all right, I think I'm going to get some much needed reveals, some information that I haven't been getting or clarity about why I had this experience and really what it all means. As Francis Weller, when he says the soul is awake when outraged, my soul was outraged. That tectonic shift was the outrage. Weller says, and you need to find a way to feed the soul. Weller also quotes psychotherapist Ira Progoff, who says about the soul that it's a solitary journey we cannot do alone. I'm hoping my journey here will give you permission to do your journey as well, to know that you're not alone, that perhaps we may be experiencing similar situations, and I may offer an insight that may help you move further along your path. I don't know, this whole alchemy of initiation conversation really clarified so much of why I have compelled and pushed to embark on my soul's calling to be free and to heal. He talks about the initiation is a whole other topic that I highly recommend if you're interested in what that initiation is. Partly one of the initiations is adolescence, and we spoke about that in another episode 16 at 60. 
it clarified that that initiation that I was experiencing was not completed. I do want to mention briefly a little bit about Francis Willer's Alchemy of Initiation workshop. There was something so important that touched me, what happens when an adolescence is parentified. That happens a lot, according to Weller, when there is an absent parent. And I was just thinking about my own life, not having a parent available to me. Adolescence is an aspect of an initiation where you are alone dealing with adolescent issues. I realized that one of the things that was missing, and it's still missing in my life because I haven't yet done it, is the grieving of so much that I missed. I missed out on an adolescence. It was a a profound loss where a full and vibrant life should have been experienced, and it wasn't. I don't know what your losses may be. I guarantee that by starting with grief, it will help because you will honor that loss. And then you can ask questions. And the one question that keeps coming up for me is, do I have permission to ask for what I need? According to Francis Weller, he says that the adult human has permission, but the parentified child does not. And I guess I have lived my entire life taking care of everybody and watching to see what other people need. And I haven't asked myself what I need. And that's hard. It's such a simple question, but I guess I don't know. As I'm just sharing this with you, it feels very scary just sitting in that space of not knowing what I need. I've never been focused on my needs because it's been an embedded belief to cater, as I said, to other people's needs. It was part of one of my messages from my mother. Now when my needs aren't being met, I realize I have anger about it, deep-seated anger. If my needs aren't met or I'm not addressing the feeling resentment because I'm not catering to myself and my needs, I am just like a boiling pot, just waiting for that lid to pop off. Sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes I become impatient with friends and family, and I don't mean to, but you know what it feels like when you try to hold on to the feelings, anger, that's my experience, and you squelch them. They've been buried for, I don't know, 50 years, so there's a lot of digging, but in this excavation over these 10 episodes with you and over the course of these past two years, I have been excavating my anger, and there's a lot there. Part of it is also to pick and choose what I want to uncover, deal with, because the rest is in the past, it's over, it's done with. I can't hold on to that because holding on to it just hurts me and affects me in a bodily form and a dis-ease. So I need to pick and choose what I can change. And it's about solutions, you know. If you know me and have been listening to the podcast, I'm a solutions girl. It's all about finding the solution not casting any blame on who did this, you did that, this is your fault, why didn't you do that? But how do we solve the problem? You probably want to know what my course for action is. So do I. So do I. That's what this episode is all about. It's an exit strategy. It's a strategy. It's a blueprint for change, for new shifts, 
definitely living in the present. And these things take time, just like my wonderful analogy for a stew or a soup. You have ingredients, we have tools for a plan, but it takes time into implementing them. And it takes baby steps. It's a challenge. What I found that was so helpful when I realized that anger was actually holding me back because it was the victim of my anger and I didn't want to deal with it because it meant being vulnerable. So I decided to have a conversation with anger as I do with a lot of emotions because there are so many hidden gems when we remove the veil and look at anger as two-sided. I know that there are old patterns. As I said it in the top of the show, I was rarely seen and heard. I'm the second child of a two-child family, and I'm a girl. It's so fascinating to review in my head how difficult it is to have a voice as a woman, even as a little girl, and even now out in the world. I see the subtle changes or not about what women have to do in order to have their voice, and it's worth fighting for. I don't have all the answers. I don't have a foolproof exit strategy for myself. I don't really know until I test what I've decided to do at this moment. What I have decided is that I first need to release my need to be perfect and I try way too hard. There's that wall and I want to push the wall, go around the wall, go under the wall, call a moving company to move the wall, and that wall still remains. And I have learned over time that I don't need to try so hard, that I am ready for duty and I'm going to tap into my inner GPS. I'm going to set a goal, a plan. You have to have a plan. And then I'm going to just allow that plan to unfold. And that's hard when you're a perfectionist because there's like this need to know, oh, I need to know the next step now. And sometimes the next step may not come right away and you have to be patient. Oh, that is the biggest takeaway. Patience, 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 and being unattached to how something looks. I can give the best example of that by sharing a story of a childhood friend. I was asking her actually what qualities she would look for, and she went to the physical traits right away. Tall, blonde, blue eyes, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what about the qualities of the person? Sense of humor, you know, what is it that you like? She began to tell me. What I've realized is that if you want to find a partner in your life, it's much easier to find someone with a sense of humor, generous, kind, because that comes in all shapes and sizes. Be looking for a partner with the physical traits, it's very tricky. And so when we can let go of how something looks, if your end result is to have a podcast, let's say, then you just plan to have that podcast, how it looks, Oh, I don't know. It's up to something bigger and greater than we all are. So I've left you stewing and simming for quite a while with questions that I've asked you about how you're going to craft your own exit strategy. What are you going to accept? What are you going to uh, let go of? And I am going to help give you some principles in order to help you continue this journey one of my favorite authors is a New York Times bestselling author and spiritual teacher, Caroline Mace. She wrote The Sacred Contracts, is one of my favorite books. Gives five principles to follow to stay on course for your life purpose, which Mace says, if you have a life, you have a purpose. Because, you know, people always say, what's my purpose? I've even said, what's my purpose? I have a life, I have a purpose. And you're never on the wrong path, ever. If it's not going the way you'd like it to go, it's because you're just not managing it well. 
And so if your life path begins to harm you, May says, you are taking a detour. The way you know you're on the right path is when you're not in a position to betray yourself. So don't compromise who you are because you can feel that. It should not cost you your power or your soul. Here are the five principles or golden nuggets, as I like to call them, to keep in mind. Number one, no judgment. That's a hard one. Yeah, it is. No judgment. Sit with that for a while quietly. Number two, no expectations. As an example, you go to the theater, don't you expect a show to be good? Or you read a book, you expect, people have talked about it, and you expect it to be a good book. And my feeling is, there's no expectation. I hope I have an enjoyable evening at the theater, or I hope the story I read is an enjoyable one. When you can let go of expectations, you will never be disappointed. Having them will always bring disappointment. Number three of the five principles to keep you on your life path, and this is a good one, is to give up the need to know what happens tomorrow or why things happen as they do. That's me. I'm always questioning. How do you do that? Why did that happen? Okay, how did that happen again? Why is that happening? Or why is it not happening? You don't need to know. You will need to know what you need to know when you need to know it. So just stay on your course. And to best stay on the course is to be fully present, which is number four. And finally, number five, it's about gratitude. The more grateful you are for what you have, the more you get in your life. So appreciate fully all you have in your life. If you continue to follow these five principles, it will definitely help guide you in creating the best blueprint for your exit strategy to live an authentic, genuine, happy, and fulfilling life you always dreamed of living. Because you know you can. I know you can. And it's all up to you. I want to leave you with a beautiful poem that I just discovered the other day by Spanish poet Antonio Machado, I found this on medium.com from one of his works called Campos de Castilla, which unlocks life's mysteries. And that's what we've been hopefully doing all this time is unlocking life's mysteries of who are we, where are we going, and how are we supposed to live? That's what our exit strategy is all about. So here's what Antonio Machado writes. Wanderer. Your footsteps are the road and nothing more. Wanderer, there is no road. The road is made by walking. By walking, one makes the road. Upon glancing behind, one sees the path that never will be trod again. Wanderer, there is no road. Only wakes upon the sea. So I guess what Machado is saying here is that we are fragile and vulnerable and the traveler of life. And life is what you make it. Those are your footsteps, and you mark your own destiny. But it is you, you that must walk the road. The journey is what matters today, and the glancing, the look around, gives you signals as to where you should go, though it is you that makes a choice. I'm kind of hungry now for something celebratory, so why don't we head back into the kitchen and check on our English trifle. And there you have it, the paleo berry trifle. Layers of almond cake with fresh strawberries, 
blueberries, and a coconut cream with a little lemon zest, symbolic of our episode exit strategy as we celebrate discovering who we are, who we want to be, and the action necessary to make all that happen. So something celebratory is quite necessary. So enjoy. I can't believe it has come to the end of my time with you. I want to thank you for listening to Recipe for Growth and for joining me today. Just as a reminder, recipes for today's English trifle are in the show notes, where you can also find all the other recipes that we have done for the past nine episodes. As I mentioned, this is a little bittersweet for me as it marks the end of our first season together. And I hope you've had some growth spurts along the way. It's been a joy and a pleasure to be able to grow with you and to be together on this recipe for growth ride. I want to thank so many people who have helped me sound and look so good as I'm talking to you. The lovely Recipe for Growth production team. I want to thank you for your time, your talents, and your insight in helping me be vulnerable and share myself with our listeners. Please check out the website at recipeforgrowthshow.com. Would love to hear from you. Please send us an email at hello at recipeforgrowthshow.com. And remember, you always have a seat at our table. We'll see you next time.